A farmer's time is valuable. That's why Blaine's Farm and Fleet has made shopping for your must-haves quick and easy. Simply order online at farmandfleet.com and pick up your items in just one hour in their convenient drive-thru. Or try Farm and Fleet's same-day local delivery option. Zone. She's sweeter than a glass of chocolate milk and louder than a morning rooster. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Young. And welcome in on a Monday morning. Can you believe it? It's already the 23rd day of January. I'm Farm Director Pam Yankee. So glad to be along with you. And I'll tell you what, this week, it is going to feel more January-like across the state. Forecast for today is calling for maybe a little bit of sun, but not very warm. 31 are expected high. Tomorrow, cloudy skies and 33. Wednesday, we've got snow showers in the forecast and 31. Thursday, cloudy skies and 28. Friday rolls around with more snow showers possible and 30 are expected high. Stumacher Ag Meteorologist has weather details on the way. And to try to brighten your spirits on a Monday morning, we're talking about planning for 2023. A lot of farms are busy right now making plans for spring planting. And that includes our Wisconsin fresh fruit and vegetable growers. Uh, Many are going to be gathering together next week, Monday, in Wisconsin Dells to take a look at the latest technology when it comes to fresh fruit and vegetable production. Charity Seebecker is going to visit with one coordinator of those farms and talk a little bit about the trends they're seeing in 2023. Join the fabulous farm babe, Pam Yonke, along with Wisconsin soybean and corn growers at the 2023 Corn Soy Expo. It's February 2nd and 3rd at the Kalahari Resort in the Wisconsin Dells. Pam will be broadcasting on Thursday with Comcare Financial at booth 409 and Friday from the Wisconsin Soybean Board booth number 701. For more information or to make plans to attend, visit cornsoyexpo.org been thinking a lot about education lately, thinking a little bit outside the box from the ag department. And the rural schools have so much to do with how our agriculture is going to progress into the future and where we are now. I caught up with Jeff Eide. He's the executive director of Wisconsin Rural Schools Alliance. Well, first off, tell me about the alliance. Well, the alliance was formed in 2012, uh, partially due because rural schools needed more of a voice in Madison. When it was formed, uh, it was designed to advocate and lobby for rural schools. We have WASDA, which is the District Administrators Alliance, or SAA, which is School Administrators Alliance, but they lobby for all schools. But rural schools didn't seem to have that voice needed. So uh, in 2012, WURSA, it's called, Wisconsin Rural Schools Alliance, was formed. And I am the third executive director for Wisconsin Rural Schools. What in your background helped you to fall into this job? That's a great question. Um, I've been in in education for 34 years. Uh, Now 35, I'll consider this uh, the uh, 35th year. I've been a superintendent, a principal, associate principal, been in the classroom, and I've been rural schools pretty much all my life. And I just love the opportunities that rural schools can give to students and the ability to be able to grow in a rural area. Uh, We always love that kids can go anywhere, prepare them to go anywhere they want in the world, but we always want them to stay in our rural areas because they're just a wonderful place place to live and grow. You've started this job July 1st. Where did you come from? 
Um, I started July 1. Yes, that's correct. I am from Blair Taylor School District. Uh, that's where I was the superintendent. So that really brings you right to the rural areas. Yeah. I uh, Well, actually, I grew up in Whitehall, if we want to go there, so I'm not too far away. The Rural Schools Alliance is actually a state alliance, so it's for all schools within the state. I'm just basically living in a rural area in the Blair-Taylor area. So you're coming from a rural area, and you're helping out rural schools. What is your job as the executive director? Really advocating for the rural schools in Wisconsin. And in the technicality, I'm a lobbyist, so I'll be working pretty heavily with the biennium budget, wanting to support the needs for the funding area of the rural schools. Last two years have been pretty challenging, not only with COVID, but with the budget, uh, biennium budget, when there was no increase in the revenue limits. In the last two years, we're hoping that, uh, or actually we're going to be lobbying and uh, supporting, hopefully, uh, to that area, you know, the, the budget area. And currently, anything else big on the lobby agenda? Well, I was pretty excited that the Legislative Council took on what they called shared services. And there's going to be some legislation coming up in regards to shared services. We need to work together and be more cooperative together. We need to be able to share our kids easily, uh, share services much better. We have to be able to transcripted credits. We have to have dual credits. We have to be able to work together to get that done. We're competing for kids and we should be cooperating more. Um, And that's what schools need to do to be successful. Uh, We are the economics, uh, we are truly the economic driving force in rural areas and schools. And if we succeed in the rural areas and schools, the state needs to see uh, not only all schools, but our rural schools as the economic support for success in Wisconsin. And you talked a bit about working together. What schools are you thinking? Uh, tech schools, colleges, give me the gamut. We all need to work together, and we are working together. I mean, we've got transcripted credits coming, working. We've got dual credits working with colleges and technical colleges. But even the high schools or the school districts need to work together uh, in sharing their services. Uh, uh, Osseo Fairchild we're in right now, they're talking about how they're working with TC and how well it's working. And that's what I came here for, to to look at and and see what's happening. But they're doing such a great job having kids from other school districts come to be able to receive transcriptor credit or dual credit in the career tech area of mechatronics or the taking mechatronics courses. I think it's, if I'm welding areas here in Osseo Fairchild and they also have, then they also have the construction area. And that is awesome that kids can come here and be able to get the services needed to be successful. And as you mentioned, working together, we're talking about way more than just schools and colleges working together. We're talking about businesses in the communities too, aren't we? You're 100% correct. Our businesses in all our areas, but the businesses are working with our school districts very well. They are supporting school, local school districts and rural school districts immensely. And uh, as Superintendent Wayland mentioned, the community of Osseo Fairchild and the surrounding area have been incredible contributors to this and beautiful facility not only financially, but uh, supporting the students in any capacity that they can. But they are, you know, really the backbone to support the schools. So we've talked a little bit about what you're currently working on. What do you see 
some of the subjects in the future that you're going to be lobbying for or that schools need to be looking out for? Well, the next two years, or we're actually looking at uh, the biennium budget coming up, the budget process at, in Madison. Uh, we'll hit that heavy in January, February, and you'll start seeing uh, a budget out come out from the governors and then governor, and then we'll uh, move from there. But uh, we just really need to keep lobbying for more support for all education, but for rural areas in particular. Um, there's something called revenue limits that have been imposed since 1993. And in essence, if you're not increasing the revenue limit, then you're not increasing any of the funding for school districts. And we got to make sure we're looking at that opportunity. Um, there are other ways that they're going to look at funding in the, in the future. Uh, right now, uh, the state uh, pays about 30 percent on uh, for the special education needs and if they could increase the amount that the state would pay in special education which I think the governor's budget and or the DPI budget said if we could move that to 45 percent that extra 15 percent which has to come out of the general fund in particular you got to take it from the general fund to pay for it because you got to pay for all your expenses your needs um, that could actually be for all kids so in essence, we're helping all kids if we can increase the special education funding from the state. Those are a few big ticket items that we need to look at, but we need to continue to advocate for uh, rural schools and all schools to work together, to be cooperative, uh, more than competitive. Uh, I think we have a system that's set up to compete with each other, and we need to be able to cooperate and work together to be a great educational system in Wisconsin. Now, I caught up with you here at Osseo Fairchild. What is the benefit that you're seeing getting right out and seeing these rural schools? Oh, it is just fun to come and visit rural schools and see all the great things that they have uh, going on. I mean, right now, as I'm sitting in Osseo Fairchild, I'm looking at the tech center, and they also have, I think they're working with uh, Mayo, and they have a uh, health services uh, opportunity too, but I've been able to go to Judah, which is across the state. I've been able to go to Monticello. I've been able to go to Maple up north and see all the great things that schools are doing for kids, for the opportunities for students in the future, to give them the opportunities, to give them the benefits to help them be successful in their future. Well, I enjoyed catching up with you. And that was Jeff Eide. He is the Executive Director of Wisconsin Rural Schools Alliance. And I'm Jill Welke from the northern end of the world's longest barn here in Eau Claire. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. Create the floors you love this season with DIY and budget-friendly flooring from Wiseway. With Wiseway Flooring's direction, you'll only need to be moderately handy to accomplish brand new floors. I'm Mike Yenser at Wiseway Flooring, inviting you to visit our showroom in Watertown, Lake Mills, and Economwalk. See how our do-it-yourself products might be the right thing for you. Commercial or residential, the wise have it. Log on to INeedFlooringNow.com. This is Matt Gunderson, and this is Elmer, our canine cuddle ambassador, here to provide good-natured, loving, fuzzy support. 
to further our level of personal care. Someday you might meet Elmer as we assist you with an individual life celebration. Let our family help your family. Visit GundersonFH.com. Over 100 years as your hometown life celebration center. Everyone dreams of that one special day. I'm not talking about a wedding day, a push present, or a big anniversary. I'm talking about a special day made just for you. Maybe you paid off the mortgage, finished a marathon, left the dork who couldn't see you for the amazing person you are. It's different for everyone, but it's a day that needs celebrating with a custom piece to bring a Mona Lisa smile to your face. William Thomas Custom Jewelry. Your inspiration, your custom jeweler. Some of America's bravest warriors are returning home wounded. Here's one of them. My name is Norberto Lara. While I was on a combat patrol, a rocket-propelled grenade took my arm off at the shoulder. I was discharged from the Army, and I've been working with the Wounded Warrior Project since 2007. You don't have to be severely wounded. A lot of guys have post-traumatic stress disorder. Being able to share your story kind of helps you wrap your mind around what did happen over there. My name is Norby, and yes, I do suffer from post-traumatic stress disorder, but I'm okay. Don't suffer in silence. Contact WoundedWarriorProject.org. For all of you that had your first date riding around the field in a tractor cab, this is the Midwest Farm Report. On a Monday morning, let's find out what's coming our way weather-wise. Time for a Compure Financial Ag Weather Update. Stu Mucker, Ag Meteorologist, along with us. I hope it was an uneventful weekend for you. I mean, not a lot, uh, not a lot necessarily cooking out there, and that included the weather until now. Yeah, it didn't change much over the weekend. That was all fine and dandy. But, yeah, now we have a couple of things to watch. And believe it or not, for the first time in a long time, I can mention an Alberta clipper. Yeah, fast-moving, small system out of Canada is going to extend a cool front on into our area. And it's that cool front that's already this morning providing some very light snow. Fargo, Grand Forks, northwest Minnesota. We should expect that by late today into the evening, there could be just a little blast of light snow. Some flurries, a little light snow may last into the nighttime. That's about it. Not going to be a couple of inches, nothing of that nature, but a little light snow. But that clipper, the front that just kind of hangs out here for a day or so, and we watch the next low start to form. A pretty strong low, probably heading down toward Louisiana before it turns pretty sharply northeast up toward Tennessee and Kentucky. With that system off to the south, I think there's another likelihood that we begin to talk of some snowfall, and that possibility builds in a little later. Wednesday could be around over Wednesday night, and that's not the end of it this week. Still some activity around, another chance of some lighter snow popping in as we move on toward Friday or just to start the weekend. The one thing that happens here this week is we start to see temperatures a little more familiar for January. Still very mild today. In most cases, three or four degrees above normal yet today, and we hold on around 30. And then we start to fall. As we look toward Thursday, Friday, Saturday, we start falling into the 20s for daytime highs. And that's a lot more like we expect to see at this time of the year. Really brings around that feeling of January weather settling back in. Otherwise, it is pretty quiet, as we've talked about. A little slippery in spots and stretches this morning. A little patchy fog in some areas and some kind of a misty drizzle with it. So especially those side roads, things like that, you may find some slippery spots early on. Otherwise, we're in for a pretty good day as those temperatures will warm up to be above normal. Not quite above freezing, but in that neighborhood. And then, of course, comes that chance of a little snowfall by late today. And the one other factor that everybody's making a pretty big deal about here lately is we haven't seen a lot of sun. Today is a day 
where although we have a cloudy start, sun could very well break out for a time here, especially into the afternoon. Oh, the clouds will roll back in and by late afternoon, evening, that light snow could be around. But there could be a brief period where we may actually be able to see that sun. And hopefully everybody that's so waiting for it so desperately gets to enjoy it because it'll be around today. A pretty fair chance of being brighter again for the day tomorrow. But after that, I expect the clouds are going to hold on toward the end of the week. So more of that cloudy and uh, less than excitable January weather is going to come our way as we head on toward later this week with that colder air as well. I'll have our forecast details right after this. 23 with focus on energy focus on energy can identify energy efficiency upgrades on your farm helping you save money on your utility bills for years to come get started today by contacting your energy advisor call 800-762-7077 or visit focusonenergy.com slash agribusiness to learn more that's focusonenergy.com slash agribusiness focus on energy helping farmers save since 2001 is your crop insurance strategy to just do what you did last year? At Compier Financial, we know how challenging it can be to navigate insurance planning. So we work hard to understand your goals and needs. Let us leverage our exclusive tools and vast experience to develop a strategy that protects your operation. Partner with us today. Give us a call at 844-426-6733 or visit compere.com slash crop insurance. Compere does not provide legal or licensed financial planning services. Compere Financial ACA is an equal opportunity lender and provider. Copyright 2021. All rights reserved. All righty, Stu, let's have a few more details. You said uh, snow showers may be reappearing tomorrow, later in the week. Are we thinking measurable snow or just dustings? Just dustings the way it looks right now, Pam. So, you know, I don't throw up the flag. We have to worry about a huge storm. Let's talk about that. But a cloudy start today and gradually some sunshine should break through for almost all of us. Maybe not much at La Crosse. Elsewhere, La Crosse has stayed a little sun around today. But then by very late afternoon or evening, some very light snow is also a possibility. Look for today's high to find its way to about 30. Southwest winds will increase today a good 5 to 15, even gusting around 30 in the afternoon. Overnight, still some flurries around with a mostly cloudy sky. We drop to the lower 20s, 22, even a 20 in the west. West winds 5 to 15 will gust to 25. Partly sunny skies Tuesday, about 31 if we're lucky. The west winds about 5 to 10. And Wednesday, cloudy skies, again, snow showers developing into the area. That high at about 30. The north winds about 5 to 10. That snow chance lasts a Wednesday night, Pam. You know, a good dusting, something like that. I don't think it's going to be a big deal. The heaviest snow at that point, at least Wednesday, would be in far southeast Wisconsin. So a lot of us will just see the fact that, yep, there's a little snow. I see uh, central Wisconsin this morning looks like they've got some uh, I don't know, is it mixed precipitation? They had a weather advisory out for them. Yeah, that's that freezing fog, little patchy drizzle kind of stuff that just adds that extra slip to the road. Oh, geez. All right. Sounds good, buddy. We'll catch up with you tomorrow and put more of the details together. Sounds good. Have a great day. All righty. Stu our Ag Meteorologist, with the weather details that you're looking for on a Monday, all brought to you courtesy of our friends at Compure Financial, your financial partner committed to agriculture in rural America. Visit Compure. Dot com. Speaking of visiting, we are going to be visiting coming up with uh, some of the folks that are very busy at this time of the year getting ready to grow in 2023. It's not just our corn and soybean farmers. It is our vegetable producers. If you are somebody that subscribes to a community-supported agriculture uh, group, a farm, 
and uh, plan on doing that again in 2023, not only should you be making your decisions and commitments now, but those farms are in full-on planning mode right now. Uh, Charity Seebecker is going to bring us some details on that. And finding housing, good, affordable housing for employees in rural Wisconsin is a challenge. We've got a story on that with Stephanie Hoff all coming up. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. White mold and sudden death syndrome are two of the most important fungal diseases in soybean production today. But did you know 40 to 50 million acres in the north central region are affected annually? When every season has different disease challenges, the question becomes, how can you ensure the best start for your soybeans no matter what? The answer is heads up. Trusted by growers across the Midwest, Heads Up offers a new mode of action to prime your beans to help fight fungal disease. Compatible and cost-effective. For more information, visit headsupst.com. When it comes to custom wedding rings, get to know your Denny's Jeweler. Denny's Jewelers does offer affordable custom wedding bands. Whether it be gold, silver, diamonds, gemstones, platinum, you bring your wedding band idea and we'll point you in the right direction. We'll show you all the options. I am Sarah Denny Alexander. Come meet the entire Denny's family at Denny's Jewelers. They say yes to seven straight days. A traveling dress rehearsal for you to get comfortable in the seat and feel the power behind the smartest purchase you've ever made. The seven day, no questions asked return policy, if you need it, at Bergstrom Automotive. Join the Bergstrom Automotive family for the yes. Is fatigue and lack of libido keeping you on the injured reserve list? It could be symptoms of low testosterone. After the age of 30, men begin to notice this reduction in quality of life due to natural hormonal decline. But there is something you can do about it. Carbon World Health offers custom-designed hormone replacement treatment. They'll determine if you need testosterone replacement or growth hormone therapy. Don't let low T keep you on the bench. Learn more at CarbonWorldHealth.com. Tom Spitz and David Fink of Settlers Bank. We make it easy to access the bankers you know. Bankers who listen to your goals. Then offer expert advice and solutions that simplify even the most complex financial matters. Virtually or in person, we're here when you need us. To learn more, stop by or visit SettlersWI.com. Settlers Bank, timely decisions, people you know. Member FDIC, Equal Housing Lender. Sweeta Metal Roofing customers choose us because they don't want to worry about their roof anymore. There's no curling, it won't blow off, and you won't find granules in your gutters. It's one and done. It is the last roof you'll ever need. I'm Mike. And Mary Sweeta. Enjoy the long-lasting architectural strength and beauty of a Sweeta Metal Roof. S-W-I-T-A MetalRoofing.com Sweeta Metal Roofing, the last roof you'll ever need. We all get hit by the storms of life. I had noticed my legs were swelling, and we went to Maine Medical Hospital. And they said, oh, Mr. Conquest, can you get up for your MRI? And I remember pushing up off the bed, and I fell. Next thing I know, it was three weeks later, and I was paralyzed. It was a pretty low point. 
to not be able to do the things that I love to do. PVA was there the first day. Thanks to PVA, paralyzed veterans are getting specialized medical care and treatments. The benefits they've earned, the jobs they want, and the accessible vehicles and homes they need. PVA has brought me back to life. I've fallen a few times and PVA is like, get up. We just keep getting up. To learn more, go to pva.org today. That squeal you're hearing while you come to a stop, that's your brakes crying for help. At Tom's Auto Center, we offer five-star brake repair on all makes and models. Stop by for a brake fluid and brake inspection. If your brakes are talking to you or screaming for help, we'll diagnose it and give you a written estimate. We want you to be able to trust your brakes. Tom's Auto Center. Off Highway 51 in McFarland, a stone's throw from McDonald's. Chris Collini with a dirty little secret. Growing up, we were encouraged to track mud in the house. After all, dirt has been our family business for generations. Today, we rely on more than our boots to transport our nutrient-rich soils. We have bigger trucks and better equipment if you need it delivered. Or you can simply pick it up at our awesome dirt-filled processing plant. Take it from a worm. Trust the guys who know good dirt. Collini Topsoil. Now that's good dirt. One individual. It's been Aaron Charles Rogers. I don't want to talk about Aaron Rodgers. We can leave that for every other single show that beats a dead horse, screams into the abyss, gets all her panties in a bunch over what Aaron Rodgers said or may not have said or what he meant or the tea leaves that he's reading. Don't matter. Don't care. Actually, can I say two things that bug me about Aaron Rodgers? Yeah, please. So I would say for the most part, I've defended Aaron Rodgers, except for what was that? The 2018 season where he was like tanking games and his attitude was body language was terrible. Like a bomb bug. I called him an a-hole <laughs> on air. That he just seems like a real a-hole this year. And actually, in 2018, I also said I wanted to move on from Aaron Rodgers that year. That people call me a Rodgers wonk. I, I didn't want to move on. I was ready to send him out the door. but Because he was losing games. He was sabotaging Mike McCarthy. But the two things that bug me about Aaron Rodgers at this current moment, because everyone's got their qualms with him, right? Oh, he said he wants to win an MVP. How dare he? My one thing is when he does do some of the interviews and he says it's not about the money, I don't believe him. Like, it's clearly about the money because if it wasn't about the money and it was about really winning Super Bowls and championships and all of this, you would play for the league minimum. (laughs) And then you you have enough money. You you would dish out all that money. Like, we looked at like he's worth over $300 million for what he's made in the NFL. And by the time he retires, if he gets paid out for what it is, it'll be like over 450 million. So if it, if it truly wasn't about the money, you would play league minimum and you would dole out the other 49 million or whatever it would be. Can you play per bono to the other, you know, superstar players if you really want of them. Yeah. But, but again, I just don't believe him when he says it's not about the money because it clearly is because you would take a deal. But I'm not going (laughs) to fault him for that because he's that good. That's what he's worth. He was a two-time or sorry, four-time MVP, two-time reigning MVP. Clearly, if he was going to get a new deal, it would be one of the biggest in the market. So I'm not blaming him for that. I'm just saying, okay, I'm going to call your BS on that. Oh, yeah, I understand that for sure. The other thing, 
He hasn't invited uh, people, you on an ayahuasca. Trip? No, the the people that that had or that were criticizing him for him saying he doesn't know if he can win an MVP or sorry, he can still win an MVP yeah. in the right situation. Now, I think Green Bay could potentially be a right situation. Do I think there are maybe greener pastures with other teams? Sure. If it comes to young talent and salary cap space, yeah, I do, or better draft picks. But at this point, Green Bay has basically, and he has basically forced his hand into where he's got the upper hand, and Green Bay has went down this road with backloading contracts where it's almost like they're kind of all in it. They're appeasing him. Yeah, if they pull out now... It would be like, it just doesn't make much sense. But my thing that bugs me is him saying in the right situation, he can still win an MVP. But then he also on the other talks out of the other end of his mouth saying, but I need guys like Mercedes Lewis and Randall Randall Cobb. Cobb. He named Lazard as well. Those guys clearly aren't on Super Bowl Type teams like they're not some of the guys well, can I on Super Bowl caliber team. They're still Green Bay Packers, right? Like they're still on the Green Bay Packers. Do you think he's playing a good teammate approach? Saying the reason why he names those guys is because they're still his teammates at the time. And if he were to go say, "I want to go get like a you know insert player here," then be like his teammates would be like, "Well, what's wrong with me, dude?" Who do you think would be more valuable to the Green Bay Packers at the time, Randall Cobb? Right now, in the in the uh, the version that he is currently in, or Greg Jennings back when him and Rogers were feuding, and Rogers straight up told him, "Well, you're not going to be here next year, so I don't care what you say." Say Greg Jennings. Yeah, Greg Jennings was in his prime. (laughs) Rogers like, "Well, you're not going to play here anymore." Yeah. See you later. But Greg Jennings was in his prime. You know what I mean? Yeah. Now maybe that was the different Aaron Rodgers before he had all of his vision quests, but. Love what I'm getting quest. at is great movie. You can't say that I need more talent and we need to get more talent, and but at the same time saying you want guys that are in their mid thirties to pushing forties because last time I checked Mercedes Lewis isn't playing for a million dollars. Randall Cobb isn't playing for a couple million dollars. Yeah. Randall Cobb. Now he did take a, a deal and a discount from what his, his salary was supposed to be with when he was a Texan. But still, he was making like four and a half million last year. Yeah. Rough hands, dirty boots, and farming roots. It's all we know. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. Well, unfortunately, it does not look like our egg prices are going to ease up anytime soon. The Wisconsin Egg Statistical Service gave us the latest production numbers. I've got that detail for you. Charity Seebecker is going to join us. This may seem like an idle time of the year for farmers. They're not out in the fields, right? But boy, they are busy at the kitchen table and at their farm desk making decisions on the growing season of 2023. She's got a conversation about how some of those community-supported agriculture farms are organizing their business. And when it comes to housing in rural Wisconsin, it can be tough to find. One community in southwest Wisconsin trying to make a change in direction when it comes to employee housing, especially for those in agriculture. Stick around. I'm Pam Yankee, by the way. So glad you're along with us. Today is the 23rd day of January. On this day, back in 1986, the very first artists were inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. You want to take a guess on who guess on who some of the first inductees were? Ray Charles, James Brown, and Elvis Presley. Inducted on this day back in 1986. 
On this day in 1957, Walter Frederick Morrison sells the rights to his flying disc to the Whammo Company. You and I know it today as Frisbee. That happened on this day back in 1957. And on this day in 1556, the deadliest earthquake on record was recorded in a province of China. Killed 830 people on this day in 1556. And now you know. Well, as we said, it does not look like we're going to have any good news anytime soon when it comes to egg prices. If you've been on social media, you have seen some of the jokes that are being circulated about how valuable those eggs are. The Wisconsin Ag Statistical Service did a tally and showed in the month of December here in Wisconsin alone, we produced 149 million eggs. Now, the good news, it was up 4% compared to November But the bad news, that's 19% less than what we produced a year ago. And the trends nationally are the same. The United States as a whole produced 5.73 million eggs in December, up just a little bit from November, but still 21% lower than December a year ago. Another topic of conversation that's happening in rural communities, trying to find good quality employees. Well, one of the keys, once you find those good quality employees, trying to keep them. And it's not just about wages. In many rural communities, trying to find housing for your agriculture employees is a big challenge. Good quality housing can even be a greater challenge. Stephanie Hoff joins us now with a story on what one community in southwest Wisconsin's done to try to create that housing neighborhood that employees search for. We're checking back in with The Meadows. This is a 32-unit housing development in Darlington that's exclusively for farm workers. I'm Stephanie Hoff for the Midwest Farm Report. Construction is done and families are moving in. Not only that, but a Head Start classroom and health clinic are moving in next door to serve the Darlington community. Southwest Wisconsin Community Action Program is a partner in this development. Executive Director Wally Orshahusky has the update. Yeah, 40% of the household income has to come from farm labor or agricultural labor in some way. So there is some flexibility there. So like cheese plant workers are are eligible. And I think people who do some driving of, you know, basic farm products are eligible. So you don't have to absolutely work on a farm, although that's the expectation is most of the tenants will will, will be at least the, the, the member of the family that's working on the farm. Well, most of them will be farm workers. How much is a lease? It's going to vary based on the household income. So I think it's uh, maybe the average is maybe $600 a month. Um, I don't have those numbers right in front of me, but some are going to be a little bit more than that. Uh, but, you know, that's actually pretty good for uh, for the area. You mentioned uh, families so far have been taking advantage of this new workforce housing in Darlington. Is that what you expected? So it's really kind of designed for families. Most of the units have either two or three bedrooms. Uh, recognizing that uh, many of the the agricultural workers, the farm workers, uh, you know, have um, you know uh, spouses or partners and children, so it was kind of built with the idea that it's going to be primarily families. And in 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 that part of uh, Wisconsin, you know, originally way back when, you know, a lot of it was a lot of single men who came to work on on farms, but that's no longer the case. Now it's primarily families. Either families are coming or families are getting together in, in Darlington, and so it's it's really a family based uh, um, apartment complex. 
As these units start to fill up, have you gotten anecdotal responses yet from, you know, either the tenants on how they feel, how they're feeling about this housing or even the community? Uh, well, I have not from the tenants because I haven't personally been able to deal with them, although I would like to. Uh, the community, of course, is exceedingly supportive of it and, and has been from the beginning, uh, largely because, you know, like, like a lot of rural communities, they're, they're losing population. Uh, where in, in Darlington, the numbers are actually going, I th- growing. In fact, I think of our five counties, it's the only one in the last census that actually showed a population increase. And I think that's largely due to the, uh, to the farm worker families that, that, are, that are moving in. And, of course, that is very popular with the school system in particular uh, because they need more children to be able to get their, their funding. And I think it's, oh, I, I don't want to mis, you know, misrepresent it, but I think it's about a third of the students now in, in, the, uh, in the school system in, in Darlington are, uh, are, you know, children of immigrants. And so that's, it's, it's getting to be, be kind of a big deal. So, yeah, the community has been very supportive and very enthusiastic about it. And of course, these are people who are, you know, customers and they buy things, they go to the stores and they get their cars fixed and all that type of thing. So it's really kind of a nice scenario to see that, that, that population growing a little bit with, with these folks who are working in agriculture. And let's not forget that the goal of this housing also was to assist farm and cheese plant owners in being able to recruit and retain employees by, you know, by having workforce housing. Have you heard back uh, from employers yet? The uh, economic development person in, in Darlington, I know, went to, to visit a number of the large employers. And, you know, all the employers in pretty much anywhere in Wisconsin or maybe the U.S. are looking for more employees and trying to retain good employees. So being able to have housing that's affordable and decent and available to uh, employees or potential employees is, of course, in the best interest of the uh, the farmers, the large farms, the cheese plants, whatever it happens to be. So, yeah, we see it as this project is both assisting with the housing for the for the workers, but also being being able to give the uh, employers a, a, an edge in being able to to keep and, and and attract good employees. That's Wally Orsha Husky, the executive director of the Southwest Wisconsin Community Action Program. He does expect to look at more workforce housing projects in the area, and he encourages other communities to do the same because the need is so great. For the Midwest Farm Report, I'm Stephanie Hoff. When a company only does business in Wisconsin, that's Wisconsin Strong. Rural Mutual provides all lines of insurance, including commercial, farm, home, and auto. And your premiums stay right here to keep Wisconsin strong. Local agents, local underwriters, local claims adjusters. Rural Mutual Insurance, keeping Wisconsin strong. Join the fabulous farm babe, Pam Yonke, along with Wisconsin soybean and corn growers at the 2023 Corn Soy Expo. It's February 2nd and 3rd at the Kalahari Resort in the Wisconsin Dells. Pam will be broadcasting on Thursday with Comcare Financial at booth 409 and Friday from the Wisconsin Soybean Board booth, number 701. For more information or to make plans to attend, visit cornsoyexpo.org.
It may be snowy outside and mighty cold, but a lot of Wisconsin farmers are already making plans for the growing season of 2023. That includes those farms that are community-supported agriculture projects, meaning that they share what they grow with their neighbors. Stick around, Charity Seebecker's got a story on that. Markets are a little lower in overnight electronic trade this Monday. December corn right now down 2 and a half at 5.93. November beans are down almost 7 cents, 13.45. July wheat's down 3.5 at 7. 748. On Friday in Chicago, some pretty sharp drops as far as cheese. Barrel cheese dropped five and a half to 158. 40 pound black cheese down nine and a half on Friday to 183 and a half. Double A butter stood still, 232 and a quarter per pound. Currently, February milk's down a nickel, 1819 a hundredweight. March down a nickel at 1794 a hundredweight. Don't forget tomorrow, the entire Farm Department team is going to be a part of the UW Ag Outlook Forum on the UW-Madison campus. You're still welcome to try to register. Just jump online, look for the Rank Agribusiness Institute or UW Ag Outlook Forum. You should find details there. Also looking forward to the upcoming Wisconsin FFA Alumni Convention. That is going to be February 3rd and 4th in Waukesha. Again, just jump online, wisconsinffa.org, if you want to find out about details for that upcoming event. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. Pest control? You've got a guy for that. Car repairs? You probably have a guy for that as well. For someone to custom design a unique piece of jewelry for you, or help your current pieces look sparkling fresh, that needs to be William Thomas Custom Jewelry. Affordable and local. William Thomas Custom Jewelry will help you create a desirable, one-of-a-kind piece that you'll be proud to wear for years to come. William Thomas Custom Jewelry. Your inspiration, your custom jeweler. The nightmare of working with some contractors is much like being on a bad date. They take forever to return your call. When they do show up, they leave your house a mess, and then they throw in weird surprises. Swipe left. Actuate Improvement is a full-service design and remodeling company who does return your calls, leaves your property clean, and never any awkward surprises. Swipe right, and let's get the conversation started with a complimentary estimate. ActuateLLC.com. Design. Create. Actuate. You know who tells a great story? Our Tom's Auto Center customers, like Blake, who recently gave us a five-star review. It reads, I appreciated the emailed estimate and text message communication about the repairs. Thanks, Blake. Schedule your appointment, tomsautocenter.com. We'll make sure you get five-star service. Tom's Auto Center. Off Highway 51 in McFarland, a stone's throw from McDonald's. Are you a non-union construction tradesperson proud of what you do? Did you know you're worth so much more than what you're bringing home today? Put the power of Lyuna Union Labor to work for you. When you join Lyuna, you get the pay you deserve, plus pension and health care benefits above and beyond your compensation. That's zero deductions for pension and health care benefits with Lyuna. Because you're worth it. Learn more at LiunaWisconsin.org slash join. If your conversations always start with the weather, welcome to the Midwest Farm Report. Just because vegetables aren't growing outside right now doesn't mean that the community-supported agriculture farmers are just sitting around. I'm Charity Seebecker with the Midwest Farm Report. Sam Ashwald-Tilton, Fresh Market Vegetable Specialist, 
for Fair Share CSA Coalition provides insight into what those farmers are doing during the winter and how customers can prepare for this year's season. A big thing growers are doing now, and usually excited about every year, is looking at seed catalogs and equipment catalogs of all kinds. And growers need to order, you know, thousands of dollars worth of seeds, worth of transplants, not to mention flies such as potting soil, roll cover, tractor tires, greenhouse plastic, you name it. And so there's a lot of time in the office ordering those things. And the other big thing is crop planning. How much are you going to grow? Where are you going to put it in the field? How are you going to rotate where it's getting planted year after year to avoid disease? How much fertilizer do you need to apply? You better order that. You better have your soil test ready. So there's a lot of things to be doing in the deep dead of winter. But the other thing is farming during the season is a rush. There's so much to do. And so a big thing that CSA growers do this time of year, I hope is relax a little bit because in a few months, you know, that won't be able to happen. So that would be in maybe um, January, February. And then already at the end of February, some of those greenhouses are getting fired up to start longer growing spring things like uh, onions and leeks maybe. And as time goes on into uh, March and into April, all sorts of other transplants will be started in the greenhouse. Maybe cabbage and tomatoes and kale and peppers, all sorts of plants that will go on the ground. And then maybe about the the middle of April, of course now with uh, climate change, you never quite know, but maybe about the middle of April, farmers will be able to get into the fields and work the soil for the first time where it won't be too wet or too cold. And they'll put in seeds that can take the cold things like peas and carrots, beets that will start growing. And then, you know, you're off to the races and the season's begun. What are things that CSA members have to think about that others who aren't maybe involved in CSA may not, whether that's, okay, what happens if the year's going on and I don't have as much produce as I need for the amount of people I have paying to get my produce? What are some of those thought processes that these members are having to go through? Uh, a big thing for someone uh, wanting to sign up for a CSA is first ask yourself, is CSA right for you? There's absolutely wonderful things about CSA, but it's also different from being able to pop by the grocery store whenever you want and get whatever you want. People that sign up for a CSA are going to go on a seasonal journey. And what I mean is every week for maybe 30 weeks from the 1st of June till the 1st of November, they're going to have a box full of, say, 10 different kinds of vegetables every week. And they're going to watch how the season progresses and those vegetables change. And also at that time, they're going to be in a relationship with their farm and they'll probably get a weekly newsletter and the farmer will tell them what's going to be in the box that week. What can they expect next week? What's going on on the farm? What things are going well? What are challenges? And they're going to watch the season unfold and have that relationship with the farm in that way. So those are some questions to ask yourself. But another big question is to ask your potential farmer. And you want to know things like, what's their experience? Is this their first year CSA farming? Just like anyone, they'll probably have some kinks they're going to have to work out. And and you might experience that through the vegetables in your box. Or have they been farming for 5, 10, 30 years and they have a reputation of consistent production? And then ask their growing practices. Is organic produce something that's important to you? Do you want it to be certified organic? Uh, Can the farmer give you their word? Do you want to visit the farm? Or is conventional practices something that you want? And that'll change, you know, what farms you're looking at. And then ask a hard question. You know, you can say, if there's a drought, if there's a production issue, what have you done in the past? How do you think that might be addressed? And then you guys are just on the same page. And once you've committed to a farm, things that you want to ask yourself to kind of be ready and be searching for the farm that's going to work for you are things like, what pickup locations do they offer? Are you willing to drive, say, 20 minutes away each week to pick up your share or can you pick it up at the store you know three blocks away from you what share type 
is being offered. For example, the traditional CSA share will be once per week for maybe 30 weeks, June through November, maybe 20 weeks, but some amount of weeks. But you could also do maybe an every other week share. You might do a worker share where you go to the farm and work on the farm in exchange for all or part of your share. You might do, say, a green share where you just get spinach and lettuce for a little bit. And then the other thing is uh, many CSA farms will have bought in from neighboring farmers. Things like bread and flowers and fresh fruit, freshly milled grain, cheeses, syrup, eggs, meat. And you can really sometimes get your whole diet through your CSA share like that. So you're thinking about the pickup location, what share type is going to work for you, and also the share size. Do you want a full share that might feed your family of six every week? Or is it just you and your partner and a small size might work? What size do you want? And what are the options there for signing up? So for example, some CSAs are going to offer custom boxes where the farmer will put out what is available each week. And you can go on the website and choose exactly what you want in your box. And it'll get packed like that and delivered to you. On the other hand, other farms have more of a traditional model, which is easier on the farmer. And the farmer chooses from what they have what's best to give out that week and, and the customer always gets the freshest. And then the other thing to ask yourself is what's the season? Do you want vegetables throughout as long a period in the year as you possibly can? What farms are offering something like that? Or do you maybe want vegetables at the peak of the season, say August and September? How can customers sign up to purchase their a share of a CSA farm produce or how soon should they be signing up ahead of time to make sure that they're on their list or does it vary depending on that farm? The value of CSAs and the value of an economic relationship with one's farmer was really proved over the pandemic, I think. And I remember, you know, I live in Sheboygan, Wisconsin, but I remember at the stores where there weren't things on the shelf and some things just weren't available for long periods of time. And we all made out okay, you know. But I know that at that time, the interest in CSA membership went through the roof. And the reason is because that's a relationship with a local producer where the safety of the food and the um, production of the food is, is much more stable. A good time to sign up is as soon as you know that you want to be a member. Different years, the, the membership list will fill up sooner or later. So feel free, each farm is, is going to have a website typically, and you can go on that website and easily learn about the farmer, learn about their production practices. You can learn about all the options for CSA delivery and prices and all that, and you can even often sign up right on the website. Some good resources for that. I work for the Fair Share CSA Coalition from Madison, as well as UW Extension, and the Fair Share website has a really great tool called Farm Search, and you can just go to csacoalition.org and uh, look at the farm search button. And there's a big map of the state and you can type in your address and all sorts of different things that you might be looking for. Share sizes, share types, how close you want it to your house, things like that. And you can search and it'll uh, spit out different CSA farms that fit those criteria for you. That was Sam Ashwald Tilton, Fresh Market Vegetable Specialist of Fair Share CSA Coalition. To learn more, go to their website